At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. To you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is the look ahead here on VCNV Sports Betting Network. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Scott's on air and at VCN Live. So much to get into here as there is pretty much every sport going on right now. The NBA season will tip off Tuesday night here with the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, the Lakers and the Warriors. Major League Baseball Championship Series are ongoing. And, of course, the NHL season is underway. Monday Night Football wrapped up week six in the NFL with a win by the Tennessee Titans over the Buffalo Bills. 34-31 was your final on Monday night as the Bills had an opportunity to kick a field goal at the end of the game but chose to go for the touchdown, really go for it on fourth down, which was interesting because they probably... Would have ended up kicking a field goal anyway. You see, the Bills at the end of the game ran a play. Josh Allen ran the ball. And the score was 34-31. So they're down by three. They get down to the, I don't know, they're at the eight-yard line. And Josh Allen runs for five yards or so and gets pushed out of bounds. Great camera angle there. The pylon cam, it showed he was just inches short of a first down. And so with uh, 22 seconds left, 22 seconds left, they um, 
are about to run a play. Tennessee's going to call a timeout. Set up their defense. Okay? No field goal attempt. This is going to be a Josh Allen quarterback sneak from the three-yard line. There's 22 seconds left in the game, and Buffalo still has timeouts left. But if he gets the first down, but doesn't get into the end zone, because he's three yards away, you just need a couple of inches. So let's say he gets the first down. Okay, you call a timeout. Now there's, I don't know, less than 20, maybe a couple, you know, less than 20 seconds on the clock. Because there were 12 seconds on the clock when, uh, or 19 seconds left on the clock, if you will, when uh, the Titans took over. So let's say 19 seconds left on the clock after he gets the first down. You run a play. And let's say you run the football because you have the luxury of another timeout. You're probably not going to do that, though, because you don't want to burn that timeout because you want to save that timeout in case you got to kick that field goal, right? You don't want to have to rush your, your team onto the field to kick the field goal. You'd rather take the timeout before it. Uh, so you're probably going to do a pass play. Okay. So let's say they are unsuccessful. You probably only have one or maybe, maybe you have two shots at the end zone because you're going to throw it into the end zone every time. But a lot of things can happen that can go wrong. Or you could just take the field goal and go into overtime. Because if you get the first down there, there's no guarantee that you would have scored a touchdown. You could have wound up kicking a field goal anyway. Let's say you were incomplete on the next, on the next two pass plays, were incomplete, or Josh Allen got sacked. All right, you take the timeout, you kick the field goal anyway. But they went for it, and they don't get it. And so the Titans take over, game is over. They lose the game by not getting that first down. So the Titans win 34-31, and the Bills fall to 4-2. and two. The win much more important for the Titans than the losses for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are still going to win the AFC East. The Bills are still probably going to win their next five or six games. And go into um, the game against the Buccaneers, maybe at like 10-2 and two possibly. I think what's interesting now is that the Bills, or what's interesting to take from this game, the Bills had a halftime lead once again. And they have had a halftime lead in, I want to say, 21 maybe straight games. But if you listened earlier in the week when we had James Alberino in studio, He said Titans' first half was the play in this game. And they were only down three going into the half, and that's a cover uh, because it was more than a field goal for the halftime line there. And the Titans wind up winning this game uh, outright thanks to, obviously, a Derrick Henry big night for him. He had a 76-yard touchdown run, but he had three touchdowns on the night. And Derrick Henry, he's certainly, he's the favorite right now for Offensive Player of the Year. But he's got to be up there. He should be up there for MVP. And this is, you know, obviously we know Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray and Josh Allen are your favorites right now to be the MVP. But Derrick Henry, without him, the Tennessee Titans are nothing. Absolutely nothing. Their entire offense relies on Derrick Henry. Their entire offense is built on Derrick Henry's ability to run the football, 
and them pounding him down your throat, and then you having to use more defenders up in the box, and then they utilize the play-action fake and use, use their big wide receivers to get behind you. That's their entire offense. Without Derrick Henry, they're nothing. So he is really the most valuable player in the NFL. But now the Titans, looking ahead to Week 7, are four-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think this line is going to move because there will be some buy buying in on the Tennessee Titans coming after this win over the Buffalo Bills. Plus, they're home. It's a home underdog spot, and it's an attractive spot. Not going to lie. But perhaps this is the time to buy in on the Kansas City Chiefs. They continue to turn the football over, but to a little lesser clip than they did in previous games. And defensively, as bad as they have been, you know, only allowing 13 points to Washington while forcing a couple of turnovers, that's a big confidence boost for this team. Plus, uh, they will get reinforcements coming. Chris Jones, um, from the he you know probably going to come back. Didn't play in the game against uh, Washington, but you know he could come back, and that gives this defense a little bit of a boost. And I think that the Chiefs might be the right side of this game coming up here against the Titans. There's going to be a lot of people interested in buying in on the Titans after this win against the Buffalo Bills. Because how are the Chiefs going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? And while that might be so, and maybe it's a bit of an overreaction to say that the Chiefs are fixed after this one win, but I also believe that it's... um, I also believe that there's just too much negativity surrounding this team because of how capable they are of just going on an incredible run. With Andy Reid at the helm and with the talented players that they have, I mean, this is a team, I used to say this about the Golden State Warriors, when the Warriors would play games and maybe they would struggle early on or they they wouldn't cover a first half line or something like that. And I always said, the Golden State Warriors, this is when the Warriors were at their height. I said, the Warriors are five minutes away from blowing out anybody. Like, that's the type of team that the Golden State Warriors were. That at any point during a basketball game, they could go on a run for five minutes and outscore you 24-2. to two. And just, they are, I said, they are five minutes away from blowing out anybody. I feel the same way about the Kansas City Chiefs. As bad as they've played at times, as bad as their defense has looked at times, they are two possessions away from blowing out anybody. Because they can score so quickly that all it takes is for them to score a touchdown, for the opposing team to either turn the football over or have an empty possession, and then them to score another quick touchdown. And all of a sudden, they have games that go from 
you know, the score being relatively close to then it being a two touchdown game. I mean, look at what happened here in the game against the uh, game against the the Washington football team with eight twenty five to go in the third quarter. The Chiefs got the football, and the score was 13-10 Washington. So it's 8-25 left in the third quarter, okay? 8-25 in the third quarter. From that moment on, from those eight minutes, and then all the way through, I guess, until there was three minutes left in the... uh, fourth quarter they outscored the Washington football team 21 nothing in about 8 and let's call it uh, I don't know 18 minutes of game time 17 minutes of game time they outscored Washington 21 nothing and they went from being down 13-10 to up 31-13 to and a game was game turned out to be a blowout. That's how quickly it happens with these team with this team. They go touchdown, punt for Washington, touchdown, punt for Washington, touchdown. Three straight possessions, three straight touchdowns. I think the Chiefs might be the right side of this game against the Titans. But we'll get more into that as the days progress this week. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on Vison. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Or follow us all at VSIN Live. Go to VSIN.com. Make sure you find out all the ways you can watch and listen to us here at VSIN. Big story in college football. Nick Rolovich is out as the head coach at Washington State after uh, he does not get the COVID-19 vaccine. What uh, had happened was the Washington governor and uh, the state mandate has said that all state employees must be vaccinated. Well, as the head coach of the Washington State University football team, you are a state employee. In fact, you are the highest paid state employee. And uh, Rolovich did not get vaccinated. He applied for a religious exemption. Um, He did not specify his religious beliefs, but he did not get approved for that. Uh, Or still up in the air, whatever happened with that. Anyway, Rolovich and four assistant coaches are out. Washington State runs a run-and-shoot offense. And now they're going to be without three offensive coaches their head coach, and two offensive assistants. They are at home against BYU coming up this week, this Saturday. The spread in this game has moved from one to now three and a half as BYU is a three and a half point favorite. I'm wondering, is it necessarily an auto fade of Washington State here? 
And it could very well be. Because even before this news, I think I was leaning towards BYU anyway. I mean, you look at BYU, and yes, they're coming off two straight losses, but the losses were to Boise State and at Baylor. Not exactly bad losses, if you will. It is a second straight road game, which is, you know, never really easy in college football. But, you know, big emotional win for Washington State, scoring late against um, Stanford last week. Kind of a, you know, maybe an emotional high for them. And then um, having uh, the coach be fired is... Just a low. But I'm curious, and I'd love to find this out. And I'd love to talk to people that are really close to this story here. How much were the players prepared for this? They were obviously aware of it. They were answering questions about it after the game. They were defending their head coach. Uh, The deadline has been set for several weeks now. So I'm wondering if... And the athletic director, by the way, has said that they've been working on this for a couple of weeks now, working on trying to find people to hire, to come in. So I wonder, are the players prepared for this? Has Nick Rolovich been talking to them in a team meeting saying, hey guys, this is going to be my final game this weekend, right? Let's let's go out on a bang. Let's let's, let's win a, a big game against Stanford here. That's what I'm curious about. And if that's the case, then maybe this transition is going to be smoother than expected. And they'll just roll. Or not roll, but they'll be fine playing against BYU at home. And it's not going to be the significant drop-off that uh, we assume it's going to be. On the other hand, everybody's in transition. And this could be... Not, I'm not saying it's a distraction, but it could be a case where the offense doesn't necessarily look in sync. You know, practices are going to be run differently. Um, the decisions are going to be made differently. The plays are going to be called differently. And these are things that might be tough for a college program to adjust on with only limited time to prepare. Unless they've been working on this before. And also... Does it even matter? Were they overmatched against BYU anyway? You know, who has Washington State beat this year? They beat Stanford. They beat Oregon State. They beat Cal. They lost to Utah. They lost to USC. I mean, how good is this football team? They, the stats are pretty comparable between both of these um, teams here where, um, BYU averages 406 yards of offense, and Washington State, 376. BYU allows 392 on offense, so does Washington State. BYU scores 26.7, Washington State scores 25.7. BYU allows 23 points per game, Washington State 25.7. So the numbers are close. BYU, as I mentioned, started out 5-0. and They're coming off back-to-back losses. And Washington State, meanwhile has won three straight, feeling pretty good about themselves. I would lean towards BYU. I think they're the better program. Uh, Playing on the road, obviously, is, is a factor here. And the head coaching change 
but I really need to find out. And I'll try to make some phone calls here during the week to see what is going on there at Pullman and how prepared were the players for this transition. And then we'll see if we can uh, decide whether or not this is going to be a play coming up. Um, The college football schedule does get underway on Wednesday night. There is a Wednesday night game, number 14, Coastal Carolina. The spread has now moved up to four over Appalachian State. It was at uh, three and a half. And I'm still a little confused by this because uh, I just feel like Coastal is a much better team than Appalachian State. The Mountaineers coming off a blowout loss at the hands of Louisiana. And um, just... Don't know why this is such a low spread, but hey, it's a Wednesday night in Boone, North Carolina, so maybe the home field advantage does help for App State here against Coastal. We'll dive into that game a little bit further coming up on uh, tomorrow's show as we prepare for this Wednesday night game. Uh, There's Speaking of Louisiana, there's a, a bunch of names that have been thrown out for the um, next head coach at LSU. Jimbo Fisher had to answer questions about it because it seems like everybody's going to answer questions about it. But Jimbo Fisher had to answer questions about it during a press conference on Monday. And he said that, uh, you know, he loves being at uh, Texas A&M and he plans on fulfilling his contract at Texas A&M. And he tried to shut down any rumors that he would leave for the job at LSU. He said, quote, we're in this process of building something great, and I plan on being here and fulfilling this contract. Um, Jimbo Fisher would be one of the names that would certainly uh, be, be attractive there at LSU. The other name is Billy Napier. And... Billy Napier currently is the head coach at Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. The reason why I'm bringing this up now is because I'm talking about App State, who just lost Louisiana, Louisiana, Billy Napier, Billy Napier, LSU. You see how my brain's working. Um, But Billy Napier is a tremendous head coach. He is certainly going to be uh, a name that people are talking about, right? And he said on Monday, quote, I've had no discussions with anybody from LSU. And uh, he also, according to a report from KLFY Sports, that Billy Napier complimented Ed Orgeron, mentioning the bright future that uh, Orgeron has moving forward. So somebody asked about it. Napier has to answer a question about it. Um, they're 5-1 and one this year, 3-1 and one in conference. Um, he has each of his first three seasons, um, were, uh, winning seasons. He has done a tremendous job there at Louisiana and I think would absolutely make a, uh, a tremendous job as the head coach there at LSU. So he was seven and seven his first year, 11 and three his second year, 10 and one, uh, with a conference title in his third year. And then he is five and one this year. Billy Napier coming from, uh, he's the head coach. This is his first head coaching job at Louisiana. Prior to that, he was uh, at Arizona State. He spent several years at Alabama under Nick Saban. Um, 
and uh, years um, at Clemson as well. So he's one of the young. He's one of the hot coaches that everyone's talking about. You know, there's there's always a bunch of these names that are floated floating around every single year. Billy Napier is one of them, and I think that he would be considered for the job at LSU. Among some of the bigger names, obviously, you're going to get the Jimbo Fishers, uh, Mark Stoops, Bob Stoops, even uh, names to consider, and um, you know Lane Kiffin, even. You know, the, these are names that are being thrown out as the next head coach at LSU. Let's get into the Major League Baseball postseason coming up next, and then we have to talk about the NBA because the season will tip off Tuesday night with a doubleheader. There are two picks that I like for both of those games. Get into that coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Scott Zadenberg back here with you on the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Major League Baseball postseason will resume on Tuesday night with two games. It is the National League Championship Series Game 3. That'll be at uh, an earlier time. I believe that's at, what, 5.08 Eastern time? And then uh, the nightcap at 8 o'clock or 8.08 is going to be the ALCS. That's Game 4 between the Astros and the Red Sox. So the Braves lead two games to none. Over the Dodgers, the Red Sox lead two games to one over the Astros. On Monday night, the Red Sox win. They hit another grand slam. Just, you know, incredible. Uh, Three in two games. And the game goes over. Uh, If you listened to the show yesterday, we told you our favorite play of the day was the over nine. And it hits with ease. In fact, every game in this Astros-Red Sox series has gone over. There were nine runs scored in game one. There were 14 runs scored in Game 2, and there were 15 runs scored in Game 3. Total is going to be 10 for Game 4. Every game at Fenway has been high scoring so far this postseason. Eight runs in the wildcard game against the Yankees is the low watermark. The two games against the Rays at Fenway saw 10 runs and 11 runs, and so far the one game here against the Astros with 15 runs. So I would lean towards the over once again. It's going to be Zach Greinke and Nick Pavetta. The Red Sox are going to be slight favorites at minus 130 to the Astros uh, 110. And I still would lean towards the over just because uh, it's 10 and I think we can get 11 or 12. I mean, there's been runs scored in this series. Why would you bet against both of these teams, both of these offenses to score runs? Conversely, in the National League um, series so far, it's been a little different. Again, with the Braves and the Dodgers, at you know the Dodgers, they had the five-four game in Game Two, three-two game in Game One, 
The Dodgers had two games against the Giants that went over. That was the 9-2 game in what was game two, right? And in that game, they scored three runs in the eighth inning. So it was a 6-2 game. And then they scored three runs in the eighth inning. There was also the 7-2 game against the Giants in which there were three runs also scored in the eighth inning of that game. But other than that, we're talking, here's the, there, here's the other games for the Dodgers. 3-1, to 4 to nothing, 1 to nothing, 2-1, to 3-2. So it's, for the most part, been low scoring with two games that were high scoring. Uh, three games, if you count the, one with the, count the one with the Braves, the nine runs. So three high scoring games, and then one, two, three, four, five low scoring games. So it's been back and forth there. The Braves, meanwhile, though, if you go back to their series against the um, Brewers, it was 2-1, 3-0, 3-0, the 5-4 game, and then 3-2 against the Dodgers and 5-4 against the Dodgers. So they have played four low-scoring games combined to, uh, to the just two high-scoring games, which were nine runs in each of the games. It's going to be Walker Buehler and Charlie Morton. The Dodgers are heavily favored at minus 170. The total is seven and a half. The odds to win this series should dictate how you're going to bet this game and bet this series. Right now with the Braves up two games to none, the Braves are minus 190 to win this series. The Dodgers are plus 160 to come back and win the series. If you think the Braves are going to win, there's no reason to bet them at minus 190. Just bet them on the money line, like I said before the series. Just bet them on the money line. Instead of risking minus 190, you're going to get plus 150 in game three, probably plus 150 if not higher in game four, and the same in Game 5. And the only time that you're not going to get this plus money is if the series goes back to Atlanta for Game 6 and 7. But the next three games at Dodger Stadium, the Braves will be underdogs in. And you're hoping that they just win two of these games and the series doesn't go back to Atlanta. So instead of going minus 190 to win 100, Bet 100 to win plus 150 on every single one of these games. Or split up your bet into you know half units here or there, whatever you want to do. But that's how I would play it with the Braves now moving forward. And if you like the Dodgers, well, you're certainly not going to bet them on the minus 170 for the game. Take them plus 160 to win the series. Now, yes, that will have to win four out of the next five games in order to win the series. But they're going to be minus 170 in this game. Probably going to be the same in game four and game five. It'll be similar as well. So you're, you're having to pay a pretty premium if you want to bet on the Dodgers in each individual game. Now, if you still believe in the Dodgers to win and move forward, Dodgers right now are plus 310 to win the World Series. So you can get a pretty good value on them. They were the favorite all season long. They've been the favorite all postseason long, with the exception of now. 
being down two games to none. Dodgers at plus 310. The Braves are your favorite at plus 200. The Red Sox are next at plus 255. Uh, I certainly believe the Dodgers at plus 310 worth a look here if you think they're going to come back and and beat the Braves because if they do, they're going to be favored against whoever they face in the World Series. So this price will not be here for long. And if they win in Game 3, this price will go away. I can promise you that. So the best chance to get this price is to lock it in now before this game. Uh, Taking a look at um, where it's going to be moving forward, uh, as far as the pitching matchups are concerned, we don't have an announced starting pitcher for the Braves in Game 4. It will be Julio Urias for the Dodgers. And in Game 5, not sure who it would be. I guess you could... Probably come back with Scherzer in game five. Um, or, you know, could they, could it be an opener situation? And and I, I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. But right now, all we know is that it is Walker Bueller here in game three. It will be Julio Urias in game four for the Dodgers against the Braves, and all we know is that it's Charlie Morton here in Game 3 for Atlanta. Braves at plus a one-and-a-half is minus 145. Dodgers at minus a one-and-a-half is plus 125, and the total, as I mentioned, is seven-and-a-half, and uh, the total for the Red Sox-Astros is going to be at 10, with the Red Sox as a slight favorite with Nick Pavetta against Zach Greinke. Uh, Odds for that series are the same. The Red Sox are minus 190. The Astros are plus 160. And uh, odds to win the World Series for both the Astros and the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox at plus 255. Astros at plus 360. So Astros plus 360. You think if they can come back from the two games to one deficit. I think the over is just going to be the way to go in the American League series. Just keep betting on it you know how high can it go how many runs can they score well, the Red Sox seem to be very comfortable especially with the bases loaded and uh, I haven't seen so far the pitching staff of the Astros be able to limit the base runners here and even the Astros I mean their offense is potent they can absolutely um, score at any time you know like I said they, they, they scored five think about the Astros here they have scored 13 runs in three games in this series, and they're down two games to one. So they have scored 13 runs, and they are one and two in those games. You know, you would think scoring 13 runs in three games, you you might have three wins, but uh, not the case as the Red Sox have exploded for, what, 23 runs or 25 runs, excuse me, in these games. Right? It's been, uh, or uh, 26 runs. It's, it's just been an incredible explosion for them offensively. And I think that will continue. So I'll just go with the over in the Red Sox and the Astros, much like I did here on Monday night. Coming up next, let's get into the NBA doubleheader that will tip off the season. Yeah, I said tip off, not kick off because it's the NBA. That will tip off the season on Tuesday night in the uh, both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. That's coming up next. Right here with me, Scott Seidenberg on VSIN. 
This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VSIN basketball betting experts. Grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Do yourself a favor, guys. Go out and get yourself this vcin basketball betting guide. And JVT, Jonathan Fontobel, our senior NBA analyst, will join me on the program coming up tomorrow as we break down everything going on in the association. We have two games that will tip off the 2021-2022 NBA season Tuesday evening. It'll be the Brooklyn Nets at the Milwaukee Bucks, where the Bucks will raise the banner and celebrate their championship, and the Nets will give it a go without Kyrie Irving. Uh, the Bucks are a one-and-a-half-point favorite currently on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and the total is at 236. And then the nightcap will feature the Golden State Warriors at the Lakers, with the Lakers as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, the total in that one, 227-and-a-half. First off, my favorite play of the day for both of these games is going to be the under in the first game. And I might go under in both games. First off, the beginning of the season, right? It's the first game. And... Maybe the offenses aren't there yet. Maybe the shooting isn't there yet. That's just one kind of idea behind betting the unders. And yes, you know, maybe there is a little bit of defensive intensity, if you will, uh, with it being nationally televised and the first game of the season. You know, these are the type of games where, like, both these teams will get up for them and then, you know, they'll take the day off the next day, you know? Like, uh, the Stars won't play in their next game. But this is a national television showcase. I mean, the eyes of the world will be on these teams. So maybe there's a little bit of defensive intensity between the two, especially the Nets and the Bucks. The Nets and Bucks played each other 10 times last year. And those games went 7-3 and three to the under. 5-0 and oh to the under in Milwaukee. There's also the idea that the Nets, without Kyrie Irving, are going to take a little bit of an adjustment here to figure out what's going on with them offensively. James Harden probably going to be the point guard. And with players like LaMarcus Aldridge now and... Um, Paul Millsap on the Brooklyn Nets, there could be more of a half-court offense, which would slow down their pace and limit the amount of possessions, also lending itself towards the under. There's also, as we keep adding on here, the new NBA rules. You see, the NBA has now made it a point to not call fouls 
on players doing what's called non-basketball moves. And what that means is guys like James Harden, who kind of beg for fouls and, you know, do the whole pump fake and jump into a defender and flail their arms up in the air and try and draw contact and get to the free throw line. That's not going to be called this year. So if there's a non-basketball move that is done in an attempt to draw a foul, it's not going to be called. So with this being the first games of the season, nationally televised, again, I keep going back to that, this could be the the opportunity for the NBA and the officials to uh, set the tone for the season. You know, if there's an incident that comes up and a player's begging for the foul, they're not going to do it, and then you're going to hear, you know, um, the uh, TNT announcers talk about it and say, well, you know, the the refs aren't going to call that this year, and then they've made it a point that they're not going to call these ticky-tack calls. So, with less foul calls, less free throws, less free throws, less points. See where I'm going here? I think that this game is going to go under, despite everyone thinking it's going to be a shootout. So, 236, I'm going to go under the 236 between the Nets and the Bucks, And then your nightcap, Warriors and Lakers. Kind of feel like leaning towards the under the same way with 227 and a half. Um, because I think the game could be played, I don't know, in the 210 range, 220 range. 227 and a half might be a little too high here. Lakers, they are... Um, how do we say this nicely? Old? <laughs> Lakers um, players, uh, they're up there in age. LeBron has talked about it, that he is going to, um, you know, he's not going to uh, worry about his minutes. Um, DeAndre, like, listen to this. You got DeAndre Jordan here. You got Carmelo Anthony. You got LeBron. You know, you got Westbrook, and this team on paper is just, this team is stacked, right? This team is absolutely stacked. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Kendrick Nunn, who's been a, a, a tremendous player in his all right. He's, you know, on the younger side here. So, look, it's Anthony, it's Davis, LeBron, it's Westbrook, uh, Mello, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. You know, the we got some minutes logged here. I wonder how the minutes are going to be adjusted here in the first game of the season. But again, this is also the first game of the season where they could pick up the intensity. They could ball out here in game one. And then there's going to be some, you know, uh, taking some games off or or a game off, if you will, uh, for the rest of this week. Um, Not sure where I want to go with this. Spread is low with the Lakers just laying three and a half. I think the Warriors maybe are a little bit undervalued in this point, in this moment. Um, Can the Lakers slow down the Warriors? Can the Warriors, you know, 
score and defend? Can the Lakers gel together? A lot of personalities on this team. And a lot of talent on this team. Who's going to dominate the possessions? Who's going to dominate the shots? Um, Whose minutes are going to be higher? What type of uh, lineup are they going to run here? Is Wayne Ellington going to play? Is Kendrick Nunn going to play? You know, these guys are dealing with ankle injuries. Um, I think there's a little bit of uncertainty here that, to me, um, I think the Warriors have value here plus the points. I Am I going to bet against the Lakers? Is the under the way to go for me? I think I might be more comfortable betting the under and thinking both of these games go under on Tuesday night. I'm definitely going under. That's one of my official plays. Definitely going under the Nets and the Bucks. But I'm still a little torn here in the Warriors and Lakers. I'm going to wait and to see what the official lineups are going to be, uh, if none and Ellington are going to play, or if it's going to be the veteran older Lakers squad. Uh, Warriors plus the points looks like value to me in this one. But again, I, I, for the same reasons I feel about the Brooklyn Nets and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, I think the defensive intensity could pick up a bit uh, with it being the first game of the season, nationally televised, and I do think that uh, there's going to be opportunities that less fouls are going to be called and um, maybe a little bit of cold shooting to start the season. Maybe a little bit of uh, figuring out an offensive identity to start the season. So I think the under could be a play as well in the Lakers and Warriors. But definitely going to go under the 236 in the Nets and the Bucks as an official play for uh, Tuesday night's opening night in the NBA. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Adam Chernoff from Covers will join the program. He's got uh, Covers.com. Matt Vaskersian from MLB Network, the announcer. He will join at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 9.30. Brian Windhorst from ESPN covering the NBA. We'll talk all things hoops with the guys coming up on Follow the Money. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.